0: delusional
1: as fuck welcome Welcome back back. happy monday it's always monday here on delusional as fuck since that's when episodes come out (laughs) (laughs) and it is actually a monday today too which is fun (gasps) oh yeah we are recording Mm -hmm. on monday we're a week in the past Ooh, (laughs) spooky (laughs) (laughs) how's it going what's what's new with you Honestly, not much. Well, I did a few things. I guess we can get into that. Saturday, I went on a friend date, my second friend date with the girl that I went to color me mine with. How was it? What did you guys do? We went to see anyone but you.
0: How was it? It was good. It was rom-com. I heard a lot of mixed reviews. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Like, really fucking hated it. Oh,
1: I didn't hate it. It was cute. It wasn't like, Rom-coms aren't meant to be cinematic masterpieces, you know, but it was cute. Obviously, there's corny parts, but that's rom-com territory. And Sydney Sweeney's cute. Me and my Bumble friend, after the movie, we were talking, and I haven't done this yet, but I agreed that now I want to deep dive into the whole lore. PR thing. Yes, because Mm. since... It's been a minute since the movie's been out. We actually kind of got lucky, I think, that it was still in theaters. And they did like a Valentine's Day encore situation. So they're still running the movie, I'm guessing, through Valentine's Day and everything. But it had a special kind of like behind the scenes bloopers type thing at the end. And we were like, okay, that was when they weren't shooting the scenes and the vibes are still giving interested in each other. Just the body language
0: when they're not even in their character Mm -hmm. is interesting. I've seen the TikToks of them and their chemistry and the interviews that they were doing. It's either they are absolutely in love with each other or crushing hard on each other or something, or it's all fake, which it could also be all fake, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Hollywood to create this whole fantasy mm-hmm. dynamic thing just to promo the movie but I don't know I haven't seen the movie
1: yeah I feel like it was definitely there but now I want a deep dive so
0: that's probably gonna happen sometime this week when I'm procrastinating something find that interview I rem. I can't remember specifically but he was like hyping her up he's like this woman is I can't remember what he said but it was like so crazy really how it was just I'm like, these two are in love, but are uh, they, they're see. not in love, right? She was engaged. And now she's not. I think now
1: she's not. That's the tea. And same with him, right? I don't know. See, this is why I want to deep dive. I'm going to deep yeah. dive and I'm going to circle back with Bumble Friends so that we can debrief
0: on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And then you can tell us afterwards the, the findings.
1: I will. I'll update everyone. But it's funny because I was like, oh, cozy weekend in. But... One of Zach's friend's birthdays was Saturday, and they were out at a pool. At a pool, they were out at a bar shooting pool, and I texted Zach that the movie was over and that I was going home. And he was like, "Do you want to stop by?" So I stopped by. I played some pool and I took a shot of tequila, but I was in UGGs and leggings. Something I like about Bumble friend is before the movie, she was like, "I'm wearing sweatpants." She's like, "I just need to wear sweatpants today," and I was like, "Honestly." Same. I'm wearing leggings and a sweater. And so we were cozy. So that's how I showed up to the pool bar. And then Sunday, I watched the Super Bowl from home. Nothing crazy. I thought it was boring. The Super Bowl. The game? Until the end, Mm -hmm. Zach said the same thing, but I was like, I think this is a second half game. And it was.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of boring the whole time for me. I mean, it probably would have been boring regardless, but there was just hardly any touchdowns or fucking goals or whatever and then it went into <laughs> overtime and i was like oh, amazing the uh, overtime is the fun part the overtime is the interesting part but still i'm like oh it's not over <laughs> that should get, that game was fucking long wasn't it mm-hmm. i think it was like almost five hours
1: well because the commercial breaks are extra long and halftime is extra long too
0: the commercials wow every 30 seconds
1: yeah did you see the new Inside Out 2 trailer that aired like it was
0: like towards the end I don't think I did I think I probably glazed over it or maybe I was just not paying attention or eating honestly I feel like I missed a lot of commercials
1: too because I heard some people talking about some commercials that I didn't see but the new character that they're introducing in Inside Out 2 is anxiety oh because the she's girl mean. i forget her name she's like in her adolescence in this Aww. one so she's getting all these new emotions well i don't know if she's getting more than anxiety but anxiety is the one that they show in the trailer that's getting like introduced to the other immediate emotions tears
0: immediate tears but also perfect for our topic
1: <laughs> i know what you guys would know by the i'm sure by the title of this episode i don't know we don't know what we're gonna call it yet but Today, we're talking about anxiety. We're not going to start yet, though, right? Or yes. Do you have any
0: updates? You do, right? I mean, nothing crazy. I just, I was going to say that I finished Normal People. Oh, that is an update. It is an update. Overall, I think it's great. And I think it was written really beautifully. Kept me engaged the whole time. But, like, it should really be called Insecure People. (sighs) (laughs) those two are really they got some issues (sighs) they're just like us for real for real (laughs) like well i honestly i thought i was insecure but reading in these (laughs) dynamics and how i just they are struggling so hard specifically connell is probably just the most insecure until the end he kind of finds his footing and marianne is more like just traumatized but also like still insecure but oh my god crazy Next is the TV show. It's
1: such an emotional roller coaster, huh?
0: (sighs) It is. It is an emotional one. And then the way it ends is like, oh, oh, okay. It doesn't
1: end how we would want it to end for sure.
0: No, I think it ends like right as things are just going to have another cycle. Mm -hmm. Potentially. Potentially,
1: but we'll never know. It's up for us to imagine.
0: Maybe. I mean, it's a perfect ending for a follow-up, so. Maybe there'll be another one, but I don't know. I might read Conversations with Friends. That's by the same author? There was a little preview of it in the end of the book, and I don't know. There's also a TV show on that one.
1: (gasps) Oh my god, okay, then I'm going to read it. I love when there's adaptations
0: to watch. I know, that's fun. That's actually really... I don't think I've ever... I mean, not since I was a kid and reading like The Hunger Games. I don't know if I've ever read the book and then watched the movie or the show right after. So I'm excited. Needless to say. Yay.
1: I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the series. Anyways, getting into today's episode, do you want to kick us off?
0: Sure. So it will be a conversation about anxiety. I feel like I personally reference anxiety in probably like 85% of the episodes that we do. So I think this will be a really great Way to just get it all out there. So, I hopefully don't reference it so much in future episodes, but no promises. But there's a trigger warning about anxiety. So, if talking about anxiety or conversations about anxiety kind of trigger you, just a warning that that's all this episode is probably going to be.
1: But it's not going to be like a downer episode for people who are willing to listen to this conversation today. At the end, we're going to end off on some things that have helped us alleviate some of our anxious thoughts or our anxiety. So we'll end on a good note. So it's funny because me and Natalie have known that we wanted to do an episode on anxiety, honestly, since the very early stages of the podcast, just because it's something that we have both experienced firsthand for quite some time now. So we just felt like it was natural for us to have this conversation. And like we said earlier, to share some of the ways that we've found help alleviate some of our anxieties and hopes that it can potentially help some of you as well if you are someone that suffers with anxiety. But I was telling Natalie earlier that when I was kind of reflecting before we did this episode, I was kind of getting in my own head about the fact that, I don't know, sometimes I find myself comparing my anxiety to other people's anxiety, telling myself that maybe I'm being dramatic or... I don't know that it's not that big of a deal when the fact is that I have been clinically diagnosed with anxiety. So it's just funny because I'm like overthinking the fact that I have anxiety is giving someone that has anxiety.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really common term these days for sure. Maybe some, I think it can be kind of like people can say, and I'm people by the way, I'm sure, say anxiety in replace of like nervous maybe. But it is something different for sure. It's something deeper. For me personally, I think I've always had anxiety. I've been diagnosed with chronic anxiety when I first started working with my therapist, which I saw they don't work with her anymore because my healthcare changed. But that was around over six months ago, actually, more like eight months ago now. But I think that I have always had it like since day one. I think it's genetic. I think that I was born with it. I think I had it as a kid, even though obviously I didn't really know what it was. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of my, my journey. I think I've had it for a long time, but I think it has had its peaks and its pits throughout my life, as I think is something pretty common with people who have anxiety. It's not always super strong, but it is chronic. So I think it's kind of always there.
1: Mm hmm. And I think, honestly, these days, this day and age, most people have some sort of anxiety.
0: Yeah. Maybe just as a PSA to anyone listening that, you know, your feelings are valid, diagnosis or not. and We've been there.
1: You don't need a medical professional to tell you
0: whether or not your feelings are what they are. I agree with that. What is like your journey with anxiety or how has it been? And when do you think like it first kind of peaked for you?
1: Okay, I really had to do some reflecting on this beforehand, because as of like the past few years, I feel like I've been getting amnesia, not remembering a lot of just a lot of things about my youth lately. And that never used to be the case for me. So should I be concerned? I don't know. We won't get into that today. (laughs) But I was thinking back and I was like, when is the first time that I remember feeling this way? And for me, it was in high school, my freshman year. I remember this vividly. I started getting really anxious to the point where my ability to focus was very much hindered because my brain was just consumed with thoughts, 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 thoughts all the time. My mind was always racing. I was always overthinking something and I didn't have it in me to stay focused. And I remember opening up to my mother (laughs) and she gaslit me. and told me nothing was wrong with me and that I just, I just needed to apply myself better or something along those lines. I remember literally crying, saying like, mom, I don't know what's wrong, but I can't for the life of me stay focused and get my shit done anymore. And yeah, I remember that was like the first time that I opened up to my mom about that. And then my sophomore year of high school or the summer before my sophomore year of high school is when I, I had my first panic attack that I could remember, but I'm like, I don't know if it was like more of a anxiety attack, panic attack. We can debate. We can debate it. But I was at cheer camp and this very stressful situation happened with some of the girls and the coaches and I found myself in the bathroom and like hyperventilating, essentially sobbing and I felt very out of body in that moment, but I remember it like very clearly. And then my sophomore year, so this is all the timeline of like from my freshman to my sophomore year of high school is when I feel like things were getting a little bit more heightened, my anxiety was. But I got a C. I remember having the biggest freak out over it, and it was just one of those situations where the situation at hand didn't warrant the reaction that I had. Mm -hmm. I think we were doing like tumbling practice, and I like ate shit. And I started losing it and my coach came up to me and he was like are you okay are you hurt and I was like no like I gotta see I'm not gonna get into this college anymore like it was the end of the world and then I'd say 19 20 years old was like when it was at the absolute high for me so I feel like it kind of started gradually intensifying when I was a freshman sophomore in high school and then when I was like. I guess that would be like a sophomore ish in college. That's when it was like at his all time high. I was having a lot of panic attacks, but yeah, it's like weird to think back on because I feel like for the past few years, despite how crazy the past few years have been for me, this I would say is what were you saying? You were saying a peak and a pit. Mm-hmm. I'd say this is this is like a pit for me right now for my anxiety, which is a great thing. But I feel like it has felt very manageable these past few years like not completely non-existent but not
0: consuming Mm -hmm. that is good thank you for sharing and yeah that's the thing about anxiety is it can feel very like end of the world Mm -hmm. when they kind of you get blinders on when something bad happens and it's really hard to calm yourself down and it feels so real and so scary and it's it's irrational. Like I said, I think in a previous episode, like anxiety is irrational. I have similar memories of being in school and not being able to focus. And I did not re- put it together until way later on down the road that I was like, I think that was me having anxiety, but I just thought something was wrong with me or that I was dumb or something that I couldn't digest or even listen really well to what was going on around me and I struggled with this so hard but it was really like a silent struggle because in the end I still managed to get good grades but Mm -hmm. the journey and the process was really hard and feeling like I could sit in a in a class in high school and listen or look at the professor and try my hardest to pay attention but just not be able to digest or remember anything that was tough and later on down the road I heard someone talk about how when you have anxiety you can't focus on anything else and you can't digest or like learn or remember anything else because your body is just so hyper fixated on this fear that it's feeling and this thing that it's feeling that nothing else matters in that period of time Mm -hmm. so that was that's tough it's really tough being a kid with anxiety especially when you have no idea what's wrong with you or what's going on with you
1: Yeah. And I think something else that you made me think of that makes it especially hard is if you're someone that does perform well still, despite everything that's going on inside your head. That was, I feel like an issue that I was having when I was trying to explain it to my mom, like, mom, I'm really having a hard time right now. And she's like, but you're getting good grades and your stuff's getting done and you're productive. Like, how can you be having a hard time? But sometimes I would sit and think, how much would I be thriving if I didn't have to try so hard to work through what's going on inside my head? But nobody believes me because I'm not like, you know, getting crappy grades and I didn't look like what people thought someone with anxiety looked like,
0: you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It can be very silent, but there are signs for me. I had a lot of issues with my digestion digestion (laughs) because I wasn't breathing, and that's the whole thing with anxiety that I want to get into later, but breathing, when you, ha- when you have anxiety and anxious thoughts and panic attacks, the breathing is not there. It is not correct, and then that can lead to other issues, so I was definitely struggling with a lot of things that I think were all linked, but I didn't put it together until way later, and then for me in junior year, maybe senior year, it got worse after I started smoking weed for the first time. <laughs> I didn't do it in huge quantities but still I think after the first time I was like it like triggered something in me and released all this anxiety that had been there but just brought it out even more and then I got the dry throat thing and <laughs> all kinds of freaking out after that happened and then definitely it just kept going up like going to college and then starting birth control 2016, 2017, about two, maybe one, two, three months after starting, anxiety was like, whoo, skyrocketing. Did not put it together though, that it had anything to do with maybe potentially starting birth control, my hormones changing. I never put it together, but Mm -hmm. and I mean I still I guess I still can't say for sure, but that's just my thought process looking back. And it basically kinda just kept going going up and it honestly continued to be a pretty significant problem for me in college. And then when I moved out of the shared apartment that I was living in and started living in my own studio. And I think being alone and having a safe space that was a hundred percent mine helped a lot. But basically it was just such a crazy journey up until then. And I had so many weird triggers and symptoms and just weird things that I did that I think we're all linked to anxiety. I remember in college one time, I don't remember what year this was, probably like sophomore year or something. I, I used to sit in the front, like I don't, I'm not ashamed to admit that I would choose to sit in the front sometimes in the lecture hall or whatever. Like I'm, I mean, sometimes I would be like, I just want to be in the back, but I don't, I'm not like, I don't care if I'm sitting in the front. And I remember I was sitting in the front and I was just like, I chose to be there. I wasn't placed there. And then I started dissociating and it was so fucking fucked up. I was like, oh my God, I don't, I like can't feel that my hand is like my hand. You're like, not here, not now. I know. I'm like, no, no, not now, not now, please. I'm like, my hand is like, I didn't feel like my hand. It felt like a random hand, which is really scary and hopefully not triggering to anybody. But yeah, (laughs) I remember being like, what the fuck is happening? Am I even going to be able to like stand up at the end of class and like, move but yeah I mean life goes on
1: <laughs> I know it's just so weird too how sometimes it just comes in happens very intensely and then it's just done and I know a lot of people say that they'll feel drained after an episode of sorts which totally makes sense but it's just it's just so weird and it's even weird to explain to people or to say out loud because again it's so invisible hmm And it can look
0: different for everybody. And to me, anxiety can look like I can't breathe or can't catch a breath. I have irrational thoughts, of course. Um, I have like a very specific fear of being like sick and very specifically of being drugged. (laughs) I And this was really what what it was throughout college. I just had this irrational fear that I was going to get drugged, not even by someone being horrible to me but just like on accident like I was accidentally gonna eat something or accidentally gonna ingest something or breathe something in I was just so like this was so debilitating for me and during college it was bad um constantly worrying about just bad things happening to myself or my loved ones despite having no good reason to feel that way and it can also pop up in social situations if I become ultra aware of how I'm being perceived or just ultra scared about being perceived or what could possibly happen in this scenario of just not really having a certain level of control and just like yeah shaking becoming really 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 thirsty all of a sudden I am the type to have an emotional sport water bottle at all times because it just helps me to have water with me at all times just in case mm-hmm. so yeah what about you
1: what's funny is when you were talking about the not breathing thing Sometimes I become aware that I'm holding my breath. Mm-hmm. I'll like be working just at my computer during the day, and then randomly I'll be like, "Oh my god, I haven't been breathing! Like, mm-hmm. why is that? Why is why am I not breathing?" And then sometimes when I'm leaving voice messages to friends, and you know this, and any of my friends that I send voice messages to know this, but I'll talk, 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 and I'll just be holding my breath the whole time, and then I start breathing deeply like intensely you guys don't even know but sometimes when we're recording the podcast after when we're editing it I've had to edit out me breathing very aggressively (laughs) because I think I'll hold my breath and then I'll try catching up on my breathing and I'm not even realizing it Mm -hmm. same it's like such a subconscious thing that's happening you know but for me it's funny because our anxiety presents in completely different ways like I think there are definitely a few things that we have in common but a lot of the things that you were saying that you struggle with are not things that I struggle with so I feel like this is just a good indicator of the fact that anxiety looks different on everyone and there are so many symptoms and yeah it looks different for everybody but for me the top symptom of mine is overthinking obsessive thinking I will think myself into a fucking hole like that's honestly where my trouble focusing comes from is my brain will always be somewhere else and I'll be thinking about like we can't even sit down and explain it all and lay it all on the table because if there's a thought to be thunk I have thunk it (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm always thinking ahead not in a productive way either just thinking of every possible way a situation can unravel and it's so irrelevant and unnecessary (laughs) which I've come to learn over the years. Like it's just so such a waste of time, honestly, to sit and think of every possible outcome that there is. But
0: I mean, I can only do so much to help alleviate that. Yeah. Something that I understand about anxiety is that it can be just a hyper fixation on trying to make sure that you're safe, like whatever that may look like for you or to anybody. It's like, you're just your brain is just trying to protect itself and make sure that it's going to be okay even if that means that in this moment you are like worrying for something that may potentially never even be a problem. Mm -hmm. It's interesting and it's funny because before we recorded
1: this I was getting in my own head like even though a literal physician has told me that I suffer with anxiety. I was like, do I really? Do I really? And then I was looking through some of my old phone notes and I found this one note and I was cracking up. I was like, nobody that doesn't have anxiety would write this. This is kind of like it's giving slam poetry. So, I remember writing this literally while I was at the grocery store. I stopped in my tracks while I was shopping because I had to get this thought out of my head because if not, I was like not able to move from where I was. These are the thoughts I have at the grocery store. I have my days at the grocery store sometimes the days where I stand in front of an item trying to pick the best option I pick each bottle I pick up each bottle and read the labels cane sugar put it back but that's the one I like there's only a few grams no you shouldn't have that so I pick up the healthier option but it's expensive well eight dollars isn't expensive but it's just pancake mix should I be making mine from scratch shouldn't I that's the healthiest option but I like this one I've always eaten this one so I stand and think longer it's been 10 minutes now it's just pancake mix Should I even be eating pancakes? Yes. They make you happy and you don't have, wait, and you don't do this anymore. You don't restrict yourself. So you grab the $4 box of instant pancakes because those are the ones you like. Shit. Now I need to pick syrup. Light? No, you fuck. You're already eating pancakes. Why are you looking for a healthy alternative to syrup? I shouldn't even be eating pancakes, should I? But I love pancakes. Just pick a fucking syrup and move on. Granola bars now. Oh my God. That was really giving slam poetry. (laughs) That is what goes through my head. When I go grocery shopping, that was just to pick one item, people. Bro, you might
0: have a career in that. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, but yeah, I can see the overthinking for sure. The decision paralysis, potentially like tiptoeing into OCD, although I don't know, I'm not a medical <laughs> professional, not here to diagnose you.
1: <laughs> I know. I I haven't seen a therapist yet, so they might you know, open my eyes a little bit because sometimes I do think I tiptoe into OCD territory, but also I know that's like a very serious diagnosis. So that's why I try not to like throw that around. But I strongly believe that I do have some tendencies, if not like fully, you know, the whole mm-hmm. shebang. I definitely have some OCD tendencies, but also I just feel like no person who, who doesn't suffer from anxious thoughts would ever go through all of that picking like a fucking box of pancake mix.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's tough. And then I know you also alluded to like restrictive eating in there, which is like a whole other fucking level. So I got it all, people. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh,
1: life is hard. That ties right into like the other area of where I feel like it presents the most is my decision making. And I've mm-hmm. mentioned in a previous episode that I don't like going shopping with other people. That's why that was about pancake mix but this is how i feel when i'm literally picking like i don't know a new blow dryer at ulta god when i went and bought my blow dryer i think i was there for an hour i swear oh my
0: gosh yeah it's that's that is tough it can be very debilitating to just not feel like you can pick a decision and it can seem so small but in our heads it feels so overwhelming I do have some tips that I think are life-changing when it comes to anxiety. Not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I've kind of, I kind of feel like I have, I like, I can see, I can see it. Like, I figured it out. And one of the biggest things is breathing. And I hate that answer. Yeah. So much. But it's true.
1: Breathing does help. And I've learned very good breathing techniques through yoga. Shut up. Shayla we don't want to hear you talk about yoga every episode but I will stand by that the breathing techniques that I have learned in yoga I find myself subconsciously using in my life like when you know there's a moment where I'm kind of ramping up to do something that might otherwise have been an anxiety inducing you know task I find myself doing my pranayama breath work and I'm like wow I've actually taken something that I've learned and I'm using it as a tool in my daily life.
0: And that realization felt really good. And yeah, we stand by breath work. A hundred percent. When I first learned that you cannot have a panic attack at the same time that you are deep breathing and controlling and consciously breathing, it changed my life. Because I guess it's physically impossible for it to happen. Because if you are having a panic attack, that means that you're not breathing
1: usually hyperventilating or something you're usually hyperventilating
0: holding your breath in or you're shallow breathing from your chest but mm-hmm. you need to move your breath down to your stomach genuinely it's life-changing so that is that's one of the biggest tips i have a lot more tips but push out your stomach i never knew that growing up i never i don't even think i probably ever did it genuinely well, trigger warning because we were probably
1: like sucking it in both of yes. us too. <laughs> that too
0: sucking it in, holding it all together, just not ever breathing through your stomach and then that causes a whole bunch of issues internally as well. So it's just so important. Do you have tips that you want to share? Yeah. Just breathe.
1: <laughs> I think of like some of the corny signs that you can get at uh Marshalls. Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Home Max. Goods. Mm-hmm. They're not wrong. Might they be corny? Yeah. Are they wrong? No.
0: Live laugh love, love forever. <laughs> drink more wine
1: lol (laughs) (laughs) anyways okay this is my first um thing that has really changed my life and it sounds so dumb and stupid but at the peak of my anxiety in my sophomore year of college and just throughout college what was I lacking sleep I would be running off of so little sleep I'd be like I'm fine like yeah I'm awake and I'm moving but my anxiety is also through the roof and I found that when I have not gotten enough sleep my anxiety is heightened Mm. and this might sound like so obvious again but it was not obvious to me. I have one that's even more obvious but it's eating. That was my next one.
0: Eating is so crucial. So crucial and it see I think this is why I think anxiety may be a little bit more prevalent with women. It's because we have, we tend to restrict our eating. Mm-hmm. Not all women do this, but I did this. And that does not help your body stay regulated and feel safe when it's yeah. starting. And sometimes it's not even intentional. Like, I
1: know a lot of people you wake up and you know you have your coffee or your morning beverage and you start going about your day and then you log on to work or you go to work and you just start working away and then it's like 12 1 p.m. and you realize you haven't eaten and your body's just out of whack at that point honestly and yeah I feel like that majorly changed a lot of things for me too that realization and You have to keep the snacks on deck, too, because the snacks are also so important. Like if I know I'm going to be going out and about, I'm going to have a snack in my car or in my bag with me just because I know that the feelings that I get when I'm hungry. (laughs) You're not you when you're hungry, but (laughs) no. Like I start feeling so distant from
0: my body when I am really hungry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Listen, almonds in the purse always. Almond mom tips. I like the go ma- go macro bars. I lately take dried mangoes with me everywhere. Ooh, a little sugar it boost always is helpful too. Remember I brought them on mm-hmm. when on the last time I visited you and then you were like, "I don't like them." I was like, Fuck.
1: "I don't not like them. I don't really like chewy things in my teeth. Chewy things. It was the texture." Yeah. But I like the taste, but Mm -hmm. I have to, like, I have to be able to brush my teeth right after. Like, I couldn't eat those on the run. Mm.
0: Because if they get stuck in my teeth. You just got to stick a finger in there, but you have to, (laughs) so you have to have hand sanitizer. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Because we can't get sick. Oh, no. I'm not putting an unwashed (laughs) finger in my mouth. Absolutely not. (laughs) And another big one for me has been having a safe space. Because nothing is more Mm. dysregulating than a fucked up living environment. That is for sure. Yes. And yeah. When I moved out of my apartment in college and into my studio, it was like insane, night and fucking day. And I really you reached nirvana. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I really (laughs) thought I was because I was so scared living in this place with a bunch of people every night just so fucking worried and terrified i was like what am i going to be like living alone i'm going to be a mess i'm going to be so freaked out every second literally moved in by myself felt peace wasn't scared at all that's amazing it was so weird i was like why do i feel nothing i'm completely alone (laughs) like i should be feeling scared but yeah it was yeah it's it
1: could be that that is such a good point and i didn't put that on my list. So I'm glad that you brought it up because now you're making me think back to what was beginning to inspire me in my decluttering journey. It started around that time when my anxiety was really bad. And then I did the whole meds thing and I was like, no, this isn't it. Like, not for me personally. And I want to really just get to the root of things that are heightening my anxiety. And one of the things was the room. And that was when I was still in my messy, grungy girl era. And I worked at Panera at the time and I would have work at five in the morning and my room was a mess and it would just like add to the stress and the anxiety. My shirts were black. All my clothes were like black at the time. So I would wake up every morning. I'd be digging through my pile of clothes, like looking for the shirt. And that is just not that's very dysregulating. So. That was when I started my decluttering journey. And honestly, life-changing. Me and Natalie are big proponents
0: of keeping a peaceful environment. Absolutely. I actually have a video. I don't know why, but I made Brandon take a video of me. And I literally, it's 2018. And in the video, I say, this is a video of me throwing away all my shit. I say it just (laughs) like that. (laughs) And then I just start getting rid of stuff. Like makeup, I had so much makeup. I had a weird revelation 2018, great year. I was just like, I, I can't have all this stuff. Mm-hmm. My room was so messy with things that I didn't even like. I didn't want any of it. I watched Minimalism, the fucking documentary, as everyone did in 2018.
1: Yes, that was the year I
0: learned about Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo as well. Just She changed my life. Changed my life to this day. I used to have a vanity filled with makeup, plus some just everywhere, stacks of it. To this day, I mean, this sounds like I'm being a pick me or something, but if I have it fit in a little travel not a travel, but like a carry on, like a what do you call it? A makeup case. Yeah, just like a little purse, and it feels so much better. I don't know. I think
1: the important thing to note is that we're not like I feel like there are people that like to play and experiment with makeup, but. We don't really do that, so it kind of doesn't feel worth it to have all of that stuff. And I feel like that's, like, the big factor there.
0: I used to, but really, I think it was more so just because I wanted to cover up as much as possible. You know, it wasn't from, like... Like, self-expression? A creative... Yeah. Creative self-expression passion. It was just like, what the fuck is going to make me look the best? Mm -hmm. And then I, once I found my few products, I was like, I don't really need like tons. Like I don't need a ton of shit. You know, you have the ones that, you know, make you feel good. My tried and trues for sure. Another thing that I learned in therapy is that basically if you are living with chronic anxiety, you need to be able to regulate yourself, which is not intuitive i don't think for me it wasn't at least and she says make a list that's what she told me to do that you have in your phone that you can just refer back to of things that help you just chill the fuck out so regulating and having your list is helpful genuinely to be like okay i'm freaking out cuz sometimes you don't even recognize it's happening you know mm-hmm. like you'll just be in the motions of like sitting there stressing out your cortisol's fucking spiking you probably feel so bad and so scared, but you don't even realize it. So it's kind of like what will help you come back to life? Like go touch grass or something, literally. Just do something. Yeah. My biggest
1: one is the shower. I feel like taking a shower is a
0: reset button for me. Mm-hmm. For me, it's taking a bath because I can just chill the fuck out in there
1: and drown yourself. Yeah. Do you do oh, that
0: too? Yeah. I love I mean, submerging my head. if I usually most of the time I don't want my hair to get wet but Mm. it's a great day if I want my hair to get wet yeah
1: makes sense makes sense
0: okay my next one
1: is like duh but I have to say it movement (laughs) it helps so much especially when I'm just in a cycle of overthinking Either this is what happens when I start moving, either I'm moving at the same pace as my thoughts. So at least it doesn't feel like my physical body is not on the same track as my like mind. Or if I'm moving and I'm doing an exercise that's challenging me very much to the point where I can't think that's even better. <laughs> that's why I love going to the Power Flow classes at least once a week because it's literally so challenging for me that my brain cannot think of doing anything else other than the thing that I'm doing in the moment. Those times are my favorite.
0: Mhm. I'm sure it also does good things for the endorphins and the mental health of it all. I know that working out it, it's like proven to be helpful for this shit. So, for mm-hmm. sure. Um another one, throwing it back to therapy is working with the worst-case scenario, which I've never done before or thought to do before, but It's basically kind of has how it sounds, but there's like a worksheet to go along with it. I'm sure you can Google it and find it, but you work with whatever is the root cause of what you're scared of and you kind of face it, which is really scary. And I would recommend doing it with with a therapist, but it is surprisingly helpful to just face all the worst case scenarios that are debilitating you in your everyday life. And kind of standing up to them and being like, you know what, even in the worst case scenario, I'll somehow be okay. Mm-hmm. We, I feel like as people, are kind of prepared for this. You know, we have generations and generations of our ancestors who have gone through really hard things. So we can go through really hard things too and be okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. I've never heard of that, but I like
1: that. Something that has really helped me. That I was like, I was creating this issue for myself, honestly, is overextending myself. And I would do this a lot, like on just my weekly tasks or my daily tasks. I would put like a week's worth of tasks into what I expected myself to do in one day. And honestly, it wasn't until like last year that I realized this is not attainable. I don't know in what world I thought it was, or if I was just like moving so fast and not giving myself a moment to breathe maybe but not in a world where I'm trying to live a nice balanced life is this practical like a practical approach to getting things done so what I have started doing this is still in the experimental phases because I just started this rather recently like in the past few months at the beginning of the month I'll try to write a list of anything that I already know that I need to get done like for the month and then when it comes to like. A week to week basis, I'll select the things that I need to get done that week. And then for each day, this sounds obvious now that I'm saying it out loud, but this is something that it took me a while to come to this conclusion. Then each day, I'll just put a couple, like two tasks is enough, you know? Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to realize that. And I feel like I was inflicting more stress that was in turn causing me to become more anxious. On myself when that didn't need to be happening. Like I was making it worse for myself, essentially.
0: Yeah. Doing too much and stressing yourself out will most certainly make anxiety so much worse. <sighs> Those are really all the tips that I had. I guess my last thought relates back to the breathing, but something I've been doing lately that I think I saw on TikTok and it's actually incredibly helpful and it helps put me to bed is the 4462 breathing method. So you breathe into your stomach for four then you hold it for four, then you exhale for six, wait for two seconds, and then you repeat. Oh, I like it so much. It really just, like if I focus on doing it, the next thing I
1: know, I'm asleep. Your brain is deactivated? Oh my god, I need to Mm -hmm. try that and let you know how it goes because this is another thing of mine, is my overthinking really fires up at night. At night, mm mm-hmm. And I start (laughs) thinking about everything under the sun, Think, think, think my way into insomnia. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's funny because this whole time I'm like, oh, my anxiety like hasn't been bad. But I think because it hasn't been debilitating or like scary to me recently. But I have been having insomnia for a while, like staying up sometimes 1, 2 a.m. for no reason in particular other than my, my mind is just awake.
0: Mm, shit. Your cortisol's peaking at night. Yeah, maybe it's that, not anxiety, but I mean, it's I think it's related and linked. I don't know for sure, but that's that's what my gut is telling me. Honestly, everything's
1: so related that it's that's why it's so hard to like put a pin on yeah. what it is that's
0: going on, because everything is just so intertwined. Mm-hmm. And that's why so many people probably struggle with anxiety because it could be caused by so many different things mm-hmm. and it's just, it can be triggered by so many things. It's just so hard to exactly like pinpoint and it's so not the same for everybody. But mm-hmm. that is one of the ways that anxiety impacts me to this day is that I will find myself randomly waking up in the middle of the night with the most irrational scary anxieties and fears you've ever heard of and to me it will just seem so real and then I'll wake up in the morning and I will not have those same thoughts or worries at all there is one that I forgot to mention when it comes to what I'm doing to fixing it it is one of the biggest ones and that is redirecting my thoughts so this Mm -hmm. is what I have to do in those cases when I'm waking up and I'm just thinking I have some I I don't even want to share them because they're so Scary and traumatizing that I would even wake up thinking this, but I would wake up thinking, oh, I have this very specific disease that I have. Like I don't. That is like one one thing that can happen to me, right? So, but I have to just take that thought and I have to literally push my way out of it, and I have to be like, no, redirect, think about something else, or think, no, that's silly. I don't have that. I don't have symptoms of that. Everything is fine everything will be okay and I will just have to put a new thought in my brain that kind of replaces that old one.
1: That's a good one and that's something that now that you're saying it out loud sometimes you say things and I'm like wait I feel like I do that and I I like never have put words to that or actually like been aware that that's what's happening but I've told you that sometimes well most days I wake up I'm thinking from the second I open my eyes, there's a thought in my head. And I'm like, why do people wake up and just they wake up and they think, oh, it's the morning and they're not thinking about a million other things already. Is that the reality for some people? Mm -hmm. Really? I've never lived life like that.
0: (laughs) That happens to me sometimes, depending on the day. I overthink a lot in the
1: morning and all we get to the teeth brushing part and I'm just I, I can't even think of what I'm thinking about. Just anything like if there was something going on yesterday or if there's something going on two months from now, I'm thinking through it all. And sometimes I'm brushing my teeth and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm telling my brain, like, shut up. And then I start doing the thing where I'm just I'm like, I'm brushing my teeth right now. I just start stating the obvious in my head so that I can stop thinking
0: about things that are so irrelevant to
1: me brushing my teeth in the morning.
0: I'm trying to think, but I feel like why do I want to say for me? Is it the opposite? My cortisol's low in the morning and then it kind of spikes, which it's not supposed to do. It's supposed to be like you wake up with the most. I go to sleep with mine spiked and I wake up with it spiked. <laughs> that's bad. See, that's bad. It's like supposed to be like a cycle where I think you wake up with it and then you like work it out throughout the day and then you're like supposed to be chill at night so that you can go to bed and your melatonin takes over. But I feel like for me, it might be the opposite because I kind of get like that more so at night, which is bad. Mm. I don't know. Who, who the fuck knows? I don't it know. It would be good depending on what your lifestyle was. Like for some people,
1: that would be great. If you're a DJ or if you're somebody that works overnight shifts, that's ideal. But mm-hmm. if you're somebody that has to function on the standard hours, standard working hours, it's not ideal. No, it's supposed to be like with the sunlight, I think. Mm. Anyways, the last thing that I have to say is I, I still don't know what will help my decision paralysis (laughs) I haven't found a solution to that one so once I've figured out I'll let you guys know
0: yeah keep us updated that's a hard one it is a hard one I'm trying to overcome it because you seem so confident too because I was gonna say maybe it's like a confidence thing but you seem like you have you're pretty self-confident so once I make my decision
1: I think I'm confident in the decision because I probably deliberated on it in my head for 48 hours okay Gotcha. <laughs> then you're sure. That's why like remember even when we were going to buy those mugs, well, I wasn't going to buy a mug, the cat mug. Mm-hmm. And you were like, "Are you going to get it too?" And I was like, "I don't know cuz in my head I'm like, I already have a bunch of mugs at home. Is this going to fit in the cabinet? Do I need another mug? I like the mug, but do I really like like how the top of it is shaped? Am I actually going to get use out of this mug?" And you're like, "Bitch, I'm buying you the mug. You're getting it. We're getting <laughs> matching mugs." And you just like made the decision so quickly, and I was like, "I want to be you." i love the top
0: of that mug it is kind of different i love that mug but But the the lip is like like pushed out i literally was like i can think about it and if i still want it i can go back and get it next week (laughs) no that was back in my era when i was like i'm gonna fucking buy it (laughs) i wanted to buy it (laughs) that was your shopping i've been a little bit tamer lately what did you say that was your shopping era you went through a shopping era like i did a, a year or two ago huh I did. That was that was during my shopping era, and now I'm in my saving money era. So, boo! It fucking sucks. <laughs> it started with the Dyson Airwrap. Was like your first big exactly. purchase of your shopping era, huh? Yeah, and that was me really telling myself, "Fuck, being frugal." I've been frugal for twenty, probably four years. I've been so annoyingly cheap and frugal. I'm so over it. I'm going to start spending and money will come to me and abundance will flow. And like, fuck it. I deserve it. And honestly, it felt great. No regrets. No. But now I'm like backtracking a little bit. I'm like, wait a sec. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I want to believe that's still true, but also that's tough to fully commit to that. You'll be fine regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is my bar
1: for the night. (laughs) You'll exactly. be fine. You have time.
0: <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. We ended big. We ended big picture. Y'all welcome. Yes, as always.
1: Your feelings are valid. They might feel out of your control, but you are strong. Your mind is strong and you can, you can attack the anxiety. Okay? hmm You can do it.
0: Or you can get on medication, or
1: you yeah, or you can get on meds. Whatever works for you, no shame with that. I wish, I wish the meds like honestly like, made me feel better. For some people, they do. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah, but they didn't make they made me feel worse. So if they work for you, more power to you. I'm so happy for you. Hashtag jealous. But if they don't, maybe some of our tips might help you a little bit. We can only hope. That's all we have for this week. We're going to wrap it up here, but if you guys want to keep up with us, you can follow us on TikTok or Instagram at Delusional AF Podcast. Me and Natalie are going to be in person together like two weeks from now, so you want to be following us because when we're together, the TikTok, the TikTok, Jesus Christ, when we're together, our TikTok is popping. It is popping and the content is flowing. It's the best place to be. Yes. So be there, if not now, in two weeks from now. And please feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you want to get a notification every time a new episode comes out. That's all we have for this week.
0: Love ya. Bye.